Mom Save America is brought to you by Integration Partners, a nationwide network integrator specializing in cloud and security solutions. Integration Partners, I'm not going to let Carrie do what's possible because she's chewing, eating. Um, Integration Partners, what's possible? Hello, hello, and welcome to Mom Save America. My name is Tina Graff. I am here with Carrie Lucas. We are a podcast dedicated to mom-templating, all things that spark controversy, create parenting challenges, and generally make us go, what the fuck? Today on the podcast, we will be mom-templating a few different topics, communal living being one, uh, is chivalry dead, another, and lastly, the new Netflix documentary called The Great Hack, uh, which describes in detail how Facebook sold us all out to Cambridge Analytical. Analytica. And I want to specifically go into how, how do we keep ourselves um, and more importantly, our kids from being manipulated from within by their own data and personal devices. So with that intro, let's begin with my first experience with communal living. Carrie, have you ever experienced in your many trips with your many moms to your many cheer competitions, have you ever been a participant in a communal living undertaking? Okay, so there was a group that would always do that. And I'm sorry, Tina, I always knew better. I always was like, yeah, at the end of the day, we're going to need our own space. Like, love you all, but there's going to be a time when my kids are going to melt down, I'm going to melt down, and we're going to need to be away from you people. So there was this really fun house. We'd go to Atlantic City every year. And your kids never wanted to do it. Um, my oldest never wanted to do it. My middle one at times would be like, oh, that would be fun. And then she was always reflective enough to know these people are going to drive me shit ass crazy by the end of the day. I need time and space away from them. So and they never regretted it after at the end of the day. Like, oh, they, uh, yeah, of course. Like they would look at pictures of everybody yeah. hanging out over there, over there and be like, oh, and then when they would meet the next morning and, you know. Everybody would be exhausted. And it, be like, exactly. Yeah. She would be like, thank God I didn't do that. Yeah. So in the past, during horseback riding shows, I, never, ever, ever would I opt into the house thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. I'm like, girls, mom needs a break. I need my own little space. But this time, we were going to New York, and the barn manager was like, we're getting a house, and do you guys want in? And my girls, because we're new to the group, yep. they were like, this will be fun. We can get to know everybody better. Right. And right. I relinquished, and I was like, okay, we'll jump into this house. So I have a couple things to say about it because this is basically communal living. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was three different families in the house. Probably somebody's in charge of cooking dinner. That was me. Yeah. That was me, Mm -hmm. which I didn't expect to do, but I did because Mm -hmm. that's what I do because I can't do much of anything else. Right. So the house itself wasn't the greatest. I think it was billed or marketed a little bit uh, differently than it actually was. But separate from that, the girls felt really connected in the group and I don't think that they would have felt that way had we tried to stay at a hotel. For me though, I was still trying to figure out, is this gonna work for me? Cause I'm a huge personal space kind of person. But as all these type A super moms were settling in, I was getting the feeling like, yeah, this is what everybody has is talking about. You know, everybody finds a role and it's pretty, you know, freaking cool. People, like you've joined sister wives. I've joined something, even though it's mostly just wives. There's no like real right. men. Well, usually I think in those communal living situations, it is mostly 
sister wives yeah. type thing. Mm-hmm. But it was it was like fascinating to be a part of a congregation or something of women getting shit done in a way I hadn't experienced since maybe, you know, college or right after. And at the end, I had to come down off of the high in a way of like living in the bustle and hustle of a situation that that all these women were taking taking charge of doing things. It was such a kind of fun experience in a way that I didn't think I would enjoy. Yeah. And at the end of it, I missed it. Like yeah. coming back here after a couple of days, Gracie and I were both like, I think we're on some sort of like lag because we missed being... It's like living in a large family for a few days, you yes, know, like yeah. a family of 15 or something. And that's really fun and exciting. There's always something going on. And I, here's what I feel about those situations. I love being somewhere where everybody's taking care of each other's right, kids. Right. Like, I'm going to take the these guys to dinner. We'll hook up with you guys later. Right. Or I'm going to run to the grocery store and pick up this for everybody, drive them all back to the hotel. Like, there's something so nice about feeling like you're all Somebody in it has together. Somebody back, too. Yes. Exactly. Like, in the the night before, it was like, okay, who's got to be at the at the barn at, yes. like, 6 a.m.? Right. I'm there's a take, car going yes, over. I'm yep. going to take these. You guys get up and go with Tina and this, yep. that, and and women are really planners. Yep. They are in control. They can do a lot of shit that is amazing to me. And yep. I find that when you're surrounded by strong women who are ready to like jump in and take charge, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It was interesting. But even with all the love, you know, there was still a need for me to get space. And I was really able to tell the girls, listen... Whoever asks, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm I like, just need a minute. I'm yeah, just like just saying. <laughs> no, it's so. I mean that. I mean, I know there's there's I actually have. a community in Acton that um, is a communal living community. Like everybody has their own um, condo, yeah. per se. But there's a recreation hall, and certain groups are responsible. <laughs> That's what for, at the end of our lives, right? We end up. Yes, <laughs> but this is like people raising children. You know, yeah. so somebody's responsible for preparing like a banquet style meal. You know every Tuesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. So the whole community comes together for that. There's something kind of nice about it. something kind of weird about it. And something kind of nice about That's it all I, at the same time. It's so funny. That's how I felt. Like it was some, it was so nice at the same point that it was also a little weird at the same yeah. time. And I never imagined doing it. And now that we have done it, especially in an environment like a horse show where you, there's a lot going on and it's nice when somebody else is like, picking up the slack about yeah. driving. I'm like, it's not a bad way to go. Yeah. If you can just like wrap your brain around it and be like, okay, well, this yeah. is just, you know, you're not going to have I just try to always get everybody to stay at the same hotel. That's as close as I can. I mean, my best girlfriend and her daughter did share with us and we didn't share a room. Because well, I, I would have to, we'd just be frankly honest with each other. And listen, at the end of the day, I'm going to need space from your kid and yeah. you're going to need space yeah. from my kid. Like that's, you know, we're going to need eight hours of separation from each other exactly yeah. and so the recognition is you it's great to do that as long as you still have some space somewhere and i think too you have to be able to be honest well, with each other yeah, and yeah. just say oh it's so funny that we're talking about this because we were talking about a side topic about the graphs that i'm not going to talk about on the oh, air no. but along these same lines of knowing that you have to create a boundary yes. or you have to be with somebody that you know is going to tell you no yeah i've got space. a boundary here um my daughter Maddie goes, yeah, the graphs give no fucks. <laughs> like, just, it is what it is. They don't give a fuck if you're unhappy about that. This is the way it's happening. But there's something so admirable about that. Like, you always know 
what you're getting going uh, listen, in. Listen, I teach my kids that on a regular basis. It's better to let that person know if what your boundary is, what your personal space needs is so they don't feel like you're being disrespectful to them or hurtful to them or you don't like them. It's not about any of that. It's about your need. Yeah. And if they can respect your need, then everybody's going to be happy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And too, the other thing about communal living is that you do sort of create this bond with people being able to say that to them yeah you're driving me crazy i need 10 minutes from you or yes you know that is the interesting thing about it is you see um parents discipline or like comment on other kids while their other while their mother is standing right there yeah yeah. in the most hilarious way yeah it's the greatest and if you can take your ego out of it yeah and and not allow yourself to be annoyed or angry about that that person's usually dead on like that's that needed to be said you're used to it so you didn't see it happening right this isn't this isn't going to work for me or and on the flip side of that if a mom like is saying is is on their kid too much yes and then another mom's like what is wrong with you your reaction to it was uncalled for and i got called out by another mom for my reaction and i was like oh my god you're right like it happens to me all the time i'll be like combative with one of my kids and my girlfriend will swoop in like yes save the the day the queen savior and be like honey come on and put her arm around her and and not baby her but baby and love her in that moment in the way that she needed to be sure treated that i was incapable of doing because we're isn't, in a and isn't that situation. great it's great it's great and then they form a this bond. amazing bond right. with each other right because yeah. she got me at that moment that i needed to be gotten and my mom didn't because my mom had a whole little shit of stuff yeah. to do. or i'll say to you know my girlfriend later on like you acted in, inappropriately <laughs> in that moment. That was not okay. And 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 she'll say it to me too. And we'll yes. be like reflective back on it. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was weird. I, I lost my shit or something. Like, but men would never do that. Men no. would never have that kind of relationship with each other or no, with their kids. No, they just go back and they bitch about the person behind their, yes. their kids yes. behind the back about kids yeah. and asshole. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. But it was interesting and I thought, you know what? If it came to again, I don't know if that situation I, I would do it again. Yeah. I would do it again for this and have a little bit of a different appreciation, maybe give myself even a little bit more space or time by myself than I than I did originally, but you know, you definitely have to be the um, other problem the with personality that you are yes. in to say you know, no or you have to set boundaries. Yeah. Especially when you're bringing kids that don't have parents there because that happens a well, lot too. Oh yeah, that happened too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that that always happens. But whole another thing. But. Yeah, that is a whole other thing. I don't know. Anyways, it was interesting. The other thing that happened to me during this past week that got me thinking of a separate mom templating topic was on the way home from this horse show, and you brought this up before, Carrie. Um, we stop at the rest area, right? And the girls and I are beat to shit because mm-hmm. we're exhausted. We go in to get something to eat. We're all like walk. We got caught in a monsoon. Um, so you're walking zombies. We're walking zombies. We go in, get food. On the way out, Emmy's got her arms loaded with stuff, but she's holding the door for um, a couple that's mm-hmm. coming in. In doing so, the couple comes in and there's four boys, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, 18, 19. Okay. They're, they come, they come walking and Emmy's still holding the door and she just continues to hold the door as the boys mm-hmm. come in. They don't fucking even acknowledge mm-hmm. that she has held yeah. the door for her for them and her and i give each other exchange looks like what is 
that yeah, all about? Like, yeah. I'm not looking at you to take the door from me. I am just maybe looking for a little acknowledgement, like, hey, thanks, Thank or you. whatever, politeness. Yes. I lose my shit, Carrie. I was your, I was, I was like, B.A. What did you say? First of all, Emmy just looked at me. She let the door go, and I, I could. So I walk back in. I'm like, boys. And love they, it. They talk about me. communal living. You're communal living with people at a rest stop that you don't even know. I yeah. said, I turned where I had, I, I turned to them and I said, listen, I know potentially chivalry is dead here right yeah. now. I said, no one was asking you to turn around and take the door from my sick 15 year old daughter. The very least you could have done is acknowledge the politeness of the, of the action that the door was held for you. All you had to do, any one of you, is turn and be like, hey, thanks. And you didn't. And your moms are going to be incredibly disappointed. What did they, they do? They just looked at me like I was oh. a complete fucking lunatic. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. They heard me. One of them was embarrassed. Yeah. And my Annie just put her head in her hands and was like, oh, for Yeah. Christ oh, God. Sakes. Mom's at it again. I just couldn't at that moment after yeah. all this communal living. Yeah. And then I thought to myself on the way home, like, are we not raising boys? So I asked Henry and he goes, mom, girls don't want you to hold the door for them anymore. Girls think it's like, you know, it's not about that. She was holding the door for somebody yeah. else. It's about acknowledging when somebody's done a kind act for exactly. you. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not about chivalry even. Generosity yeah. of, of an exchange. And no one is saying I'm stronger than you. I'm bigger than you. You're incapable. I'm more capable. None of those things. It's about Common freaking courtesy and recognizing at whatever moment or situation you find yourself in, you'll you'll behave in such a way as to exhibit the respect and generosity and kindness to your freaking fellow humans. If it if it happens to be a girl helping a boy, great, or a boy helping a girl, whatever. I just mean you acknowledge that I want to do that for yeah. you. I want to open the car door for you. It's a nice thing to do. I want to hold your hand. I want to step out on the other other side of the street so that I'm on the out. Like those kinds of things are still important without giving the boys the the understanding that the girls are not capable of right. it. Right. But there was this whole thing. So when I pulled up a bunch of articles, it was interesting to see all of this idea that chivalry causes sexism and and that's why you know with the me too movement everybody has tried to move away from it and i just find that's fine but don't move away from polite behavior yeah i don't think it's about that i mean really when is the last time you've seen somebody open the car door for somebody i i don't know i can't remember i really can't remember in, in this article, it says, this doctor stresses the importance of breaking gender stereotypes in small everyday practices. For example, she recommends assigning boys the kinds of household chores typically given to girls and vice versa, because the freedom to be vulnerable and sad rather than angry and strong correlates for both genders. Mm -hmm. And you should allow boys to be vulnerable and strong, girls to be vulnerable and strong, and, and swap it and, and allow boys to understand that if they are, a girl isn't going to call them a pansy or vice versa. Right. But we have to create that in our families. Right. And I think that that's part of the problem. It's this attitude of, I don't give a fuck. And... And I think it's about, the thing about being chivalrous or whatever, it's about letting somebody know you're really special to me. Like, you mean yes. something to me. Like, you know. I care about how you Pulling are. out your chair or right. holding the door. It's not about the chivalrous act of it. It's that you are 
precious to me in some sort of way i don't but that in that same in that statement you are precious to me feminist i guess would say i am precious in i guess precious isn't right eric precious is like dainty yeah i'm holding you on a pedestal and thinking that you might not be able to do something on your own I think if we could break it down to our boys, and I know you don't have boys, but I was talking to Henry about it, and I was like, listen, I don't expect you to think, you live in a household where your mom does all of the things that, like, you know. A typical woman would be expected to do. No, a typical dad would be expected to do. I'm the one who's like. Okay, but you're doing both, so. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm saying, yeah. I know. The point is, is I said to Henry. It's important for me as your mom that you grow up knowing women are capable of anything and everything. But at the same time, it's a beautiful thing to see a man want to be supportive and loving and kind in ways that show, you know, quiet strength and appreciation for the person that he's with. Not that she's incapable, but that he wants to do certain things that make her feel good i guess it's just for me i'm feeling it as a way of appreciating somebody like if of course you're pulling my chair out for me which oh by the way my husband has literally <laughs> never done in his entire life you're appreciating right me. right you're acknowledging i care for you and i don't want him to pull my chair no, out I know, for me i get it it's weird but just saying in general i wouldn't i don't look at that as a sexist or masculine or feminine thing it's but i think if you gentlemen like gentlemen my daughter's um theater director okay her son is captain america chris evans Evans in the captain america movies and there was this whole thing at the oscars somebody um won an award a woman and he leaped up from his chair to help her up the steps because she had a long yes. dress train and it looked like she was going to trip. So he, you know, took her arm. Chris and, Evans did this? Yes. And okay. he walked her up the stairs He's to accept her award. Right. Yeah. And then he went back and yes. sat down. And there was all this thing like, chivalry is not dead. Right. Like, and, you know, he's a, you know, bleeding liberal yes. Democrat. Yes. But he's still a chivalrous, kind gentleman. Yes. That's okay. A woman could have leaped up and, ha- nope, and helped nope. her up the thing as well. Right. But he was there and did the job that I don't know why that would be considered a, you know, me and it wasn't, but I'm saying, you know, in, in general, like what you're talking about in the article of a me too movement, that type thing that women shouldn't be taken care of or helped or assisted. That's not about saying she was too weak to but make it up the stairs. Right. It was, you have a lot to deal going on here. You got a right. train, you're doing right. it with high heels, whatever. It's, I'm helping all, you up the steps. It's, it's, it's a person, you're having a social awareness of it's the situation yeah. to say, I'm going to take an, an interest in helping this person. That's what bothered me about these boys that were walking into the rest area. They couldn't give a shit about what was going on around them, about yeah. a teenage, another teenage girl holding the door for yeah. you with her arms full, basically, of yeah. her food already because right. she's gotten her stuff, but she's still holding the door for you we have to as parents teach our kid all of our kids boys and girls uh, that's what if my daughter didn't hold the door up for the couple that was coming in i would have beat the living crap Mm -hmm. out of her like Mm -hmm. you see an older couple coming in for the rest area hold the door for them Mm -hmm. that's what bothered me more than anything else is like who are your damn parents yeah that aren't well and two i think with kids in general is there's not a lot of social awareness anymore like i bet half of them didn't have their head up they might have been sending a text as they're walking in the door they're not even aware that somebody is holding the door for them yeah it's a sad state that that's what what's happening because it does it 
you know what it does? It creates all of those other things that is that are wrong with the society yeah. that we have been continually talking about. And the fact that people aren't engaged in their world and what is happening with the things that are going on around them. And I'm not saying it, you know, you have to be always on and always perfect, but those little things, and I say that to my kids all the time, those little things matter so much yeah. more to people than any grand gesture that you could do if you're just on a regular basis doing those little things to be kind and if it's called chivalry then it's chivalry if it's called being kind i don't care i definitely don't equate being chivalrous chivalrous as sexist yeah and and again you're saying you'd want your daughter to do that for somebody as well yeah yeah Anyways, that bogged me. And what about you? Any mom shares for you before I jump into the other thing? Um, no, you can jump right in. Really? I, I'm, I'm worn down from puppyhood, but besides that... Did you know. get the approvals? Are the approvals I, done? I, I, every, all our paperwork is in. Awesome. To be able to take the dog to school. We're waiting for the approval. So, fingers crossed, because I don't want three dogs. Oh, my God. No, it's too much. We had, on top of it, this communal living, we had all these people, and we had... Five dogs. <gasps> they took their dogs yes. with them? Oh, Five my dogs. God. How did the dogs get along? The dogs got along great. It, it's fascinating to me. Again, back, like, all the dogs are there. It's such, it, it was a mayhem. That's really cute, yeah, actually. It was mayhem. Okay. Luckily, the house had a pool. The other thing, when I got home from this trip, my husband was like, have you watched, uh, did you watch The Great Hack on Netflix? Because he's assuming I'm back at the ranch um just relaxing with my feet up watching netflix <laughs> back at the ranch <laughs> and I, i'm like meanwhile back at the ranch no guess what not only did i not watch netflix the slow internet that was at the house was being eaten up by 15 people right. so if i got to watch you know anything right. it was at two o'clock in the morning when i woke up right But Netflix has a new documentary out called The Great Hack, describing in detail the effort that Cambridge Analytica went to capturing slash stealing data from millions of Facebook users to sell to people who wanted to manipulate things like elections. We talked about this um, uh, from a different perspective a while back regarding our phones and how the they're listening to us, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And we went through this whole thing about turning off the speaker mm-hmm. and how ads appearing micro-directed to us based on our personal conversations or requests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said, Tina, I'm, I've got 20 minutes in. It's, it's a little overwhelming. It's heavy. And it's really fear-based for me. Yes. And I also felt like... Um, Nothing can be done. Well, like I, I, I do think something I, can be done. I, I have shut it off. I know because I was like, nothing can be done. Like, no, the, right? Will we ever? I mean, the basic part of the the documentary is: Will we ever have a free and fair election ever again? again. Because and we're da- yeah, we're down this rabbit hole. How do we ever turn back? We we can't. We can't turn back. The information is out there. The background and history of this Netflix special is is the following: Cambridge Analytica which is basically a full-fledged propaganda company, paid Facebook to run personality quizzes um, in certain demographics. They took that personal data and harvested it and sold it to other companies to be able to prescribe specific propaganda-based ads back to a certain segment of the population. You know, you always have those friends that want to please that don't aren't strong enough to have their own opinions or speak their own truths for themselves it's those people that cambridge analytica decided to target with 
the crazy ads like suggesting that Hillary was holding a secret secret sex ring or something in the basement of a pizza parlor. Cambridge Analytica hunted for certain people called these pliables that, you know, were on the fence about what to do and who are most susceptible and easily influenced to make them go towards Trump, like Jenny, for right. example. <laughs> she would have been one of the pliables. Right. What? I would have been what? You would have been one of those people on Facebook that would listen to the ads that were I misinformation. I would look at the ads and then make up my mind. Really? I just listen to them because it was in front of my face. Okay. Well, and two, it's the, click, it's the clickbait. So it's the tagline yes. right. of Hillary murders thousands right. and gone. I don't even right. know what the freaking controversy yes. was. Right. But if you're clicking on that story you're pliable to another st- negative right. story and another negative right. story because you were interested enough and sort of swayed or right. taken in by that little and tagline. You, you aren't, and I'm, I'm being mean about it, but it's the goddamn truth. You aren't um, willing to mm-hmm. actually seek the truth or find the other side of it. Right, is do your this, own research. Right, is the story yeah. really true or is it just something, because being on Facebook, these pliables are considering it to be newsworthy or truthful without any regard for the fact that maybe this isn't a legitimate source to get the facts. And I reference Jenny again. All these people have just decided, of course Hillary is um, managing a sex ring underneath the pizza right, parlor. Right, of right. course she's doing that. Right. Like, <laughs> Instead of being like, wait a minute, that sounds a little bit That sounds a little nuts. Off, right, right. But the other piece of this is that Steve Bannon, who was yep. the you know running Trump's um, Trump's campaign at the time, he was the vice president of Cambridge Analytica. Yes. So he has the tie there. He's connecting everything yep. together. And the narrator of the documentary is going to court right now against Cambridge Analytica to see if he can actually get his personal data back. They have my personal data. Personal information about me. And I want it. And mm-hmm. he was suing them to get his information back just to see if it was even possible. What are these 5,000 data points that you have on me? Right. I want to know it. The bottom line is he's never going to get his right. data back. Even, if, even the fact that they have admitted wrongdoing, have said that they were criminally negligent in doing so, he's still not getting his data. You know when we were little and we would watch commercials on TV and our parents would be like, the 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 toucan sam guy from fruit loops is trying to sell you guys fruit loops right. he's trying to make it sound like the fruit loops are the greatest, greatest thing series. right and they're going to they're going to make you so happy that you're begging your parents to go out and buy fruit loops right that's what commercials do that's general kid propaganda that's what it is cambridge analytica was a, a massive propaganda machine but pinpointed to going directly towards people in the most negative and hateful way to make you sway your decision one way or another. The only way that that's possible to do is to have people who are influenceable, to have people out in this world that will acknowledge hateful and mean things and make decisions based on that. So the only hope that we have is to teach our kids like we were when we were little to understand that it's advertising it's commercials it's not the truth if you want to go find the truth you you have to go find the truth like what is what cereal is the best cereal for me maybe i'm still going to buy fruit loops well and you even think of along simpler lines of the two political ads like one political ad will say you know so and so is for this and then the, another political ad is going to say the exact opposite. Which one's telling the truth? Right. How do you know? And, and you know what? Neither of them are telling the truth. Right. But let's go and do a little bit of research about what what are the things that you want in this and recognize that the hate rhetoric 
is is all that it is. It's trying to stoke your own fear about maybe immigrants taking your job, maybe your kid marrying somebody that you don't want them to marry and going off and leaving you or some whatever fear base that you have, they're going to pinpoint that fear and direct a personal ad right to your Facebook feed so that you see it and you're persuaded. One of the stats that they say during the, the documentary was that the, the 2016 election was swayed really by 70,000 votes in four states. And here's the thing. Was it immoral and dirty and ugly? Yeah. Was it illegal? No. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think because so. Because the only thing that was illegal is Facebook giving up personal information right. without telling anybody right. and without being accountable for it. They calculated that most people that aren't in the persuadable category have the ability to kind of recognize the rhetoric of it and the hatefulness of it. That they're being fooled in one direction or, or another. another. Right. But but there is a group of people that would join a cult, would join... Oh my God, I'm so... I, right? I, I'm so cult cult worthy. <laughs> I am literally that person no, you're not. that I will be sitting in front of like some, I'm not you a religious person, but I'll be sitting in front of some religious infomercial, listening to somebody being like, yeah. And I realize, oh my God, I'm being taken in. Change the channel. I'm always, I would always be swayed into a cult. I know it. Keep me away from them. I'm probably one of those pliables on there that you could have easily been swayed. Please everyone out there, take note to help prevent Carrie from joining the Hare Krishna's But back with Facebook, I didn't realize that there were negative ads on Facebook until way after the election because I wasn't on Facebook. When I came to listen to people and they're like, oh yeah, I've sworn off Facebook. It's so, it's all political now. It's all this. It really was. That, if you think back to that time, it was such a combative place to be. Like you had friends arguing with each other on Facebook under certain, it was such a weird time on Facebook. Like... Keep your political... Facebook's for posting pictures of yourself at the beach. Yeah, and your kids doing something stupid. The other thing that is interesting is they were saying data is more valuable now than oil as an asset in this world because the biggest companies, Facebook, Google, Amazon, their commodity is data. Well, and Personal data. It's worth more than oil. We're being taken in, like, t- Tina doesn't go on Facebook that much, but there was this thing on Facebook a few weeks ago, like, turn yourself, what, what will you look like as an old person? Yeah. Okay? So you had to submit a picture of yourself oh. to a clickbait thing. Yeah. And somebody commented, like, you know, a few days later, congratulations, everybody, you've just sold your face to billions and billions of data company. Like, you've just submitted it willingly. Here's what I look like. Here's my name. Here's what I'm going to look like in... 30 years, all those things. Even like when the kids go on and they take like the little quizzes on Facebook. The quizzes are the biggest thing. Which which Disney princess are you most Mm -hmm. like? And you know, they're randomly clicking through the answers. You're giving away all kinds of information about yourself to the world. Well, and that's how Cambridge Analytica started. They they submitted all those surveys on through Facebook and people who, who clicked on those surveys the surveys were geared towards giving Cambridge Analytica specific information. information about how you would vote. Yeah. And they only had to do it to a couple hundred thousand because after that, those couple hundred thousand, they would go right to their friend groups. Yeah. And spread the word. Yes. Yeah. And people did it willingly. I, do, I It just freaks me out because I don't know what the... 
solution what our the solution answer is to is this. to educate our kids and ourselves and to say even if you do give that information away even if you have done it recognize that the information coming back at you from ads on Instagram ads on Facebook ads on Google anything it is geared to make you do something that you might not want to do think about it yeah. just I said this in the last podcast when my dad, if my dad was alive, engage your goddamn brain before you speak or take action. Seriously, think about it. What, who is this person? Why is my screen telling me this? Well, who, who behind the screen is telling the screen to tell me this? And it's, it's also like uh, you can think of it in so many other ways online. Like my, my little one's always looking up medical issues online. Okay. And coming back and telling me she has, you know cancerous tumor yes. behind her brain or something. Oh, yeah. because it said something so. on her foot that yeah. she has decided she knows exactly it's what it right. is yeah that's the thing like they off. are so pliable to yeah it says it on it says it online it must be true mom this is what it says and it's but, hard but, to steer but that research is different from an ad coming at you but these are just i love when you go on like i don't know there's certain sites like medical yes. whatever and there's random joe schmoes giving you Medical advice. Why are you believing this person and not your mother? Because it says it in print, because it's on the computer, because it's online. It must be true. But that's the point. Is yes. That we have the capability. We all have free will in our bodies and minds. And if we can, we all have to recognize that this little box in our hands and in our on our desks is, is a weapon at this point now. And it can be a weapon to sell you something. It can be a weapon to, to steer you someplace. And you have to recognize it for what it is instead of just blindly following it yeah. wherever it wants to take you. Well, somebody was saying, some comedian or something was saying, like, remember when we used to be afraid that the government was tapping our phones? Yes. Well, now we just put Alexa in our house and willingly let them collect data all day long exactly. about us. Exactly. Like you have a box in your home that's listening to every, every single thing you do. Who? Who does? I don't know. I don't have one, but I don't know. I'm saying that. They're probably, I mean, obviously they can hear everything we're saying anyways. You know, you can't let yourself be manipulated. And one of the things that Steve Bannon said, in order to change society, you have to break society. And in order to break society, you have to sow discourse amongst everybody. And once everybody is angry at everybody and it breaks the society down, then I can build it back up the way I want to build it. It's fucking really scary. But that's the point. It, and, and now we are still in the midst of it. Of and, and, and the too, discourse. Tina, I don't think that the election is going to fix that. Even no, no. if we have, you know, the outcome that, you know, we're all hoping for. I think it's going to be very contentious and angry for years to come because of what's been created these past four well, years. There'll be very much sense of distrust, and now you're fixing it from your side. And well, I- of course, and the 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 woman Carol uh, Cadwalder or something. She is she was the journalist for the Guardian, which is a British publication who was following the Cambridge Analytica scandal and she does a TED talk and she comes out and she says, I want to speak to Zuckerberg and the Amazon guy. I want to speak to all you guys. You obviously created platforms that you were hoping to bring people together, Mm -hmm. right? You created this technology to bring people together, but now it's driving everybody apart. Is this what you envisioned? 
Because if you didn't envision this, it is your responsibility to not fix try it. to help fix yeah. it, to try to help do something. Because in reality, it has been weaponized and it has created a place where our democracy across the world is being challenged, where mm-hmm. you have these authoritarian type governments that are coming up. And we have to, as these gigantic tech companies have the power they could do something about it. If technology fucked it up, technology can fix it at some point. But also it has to come back into your own house to say, wait, you know what? So-and-so down the street, just because they voted for Trump, isn't a bad person. Right. Or they liked Hillary, right. isn't a fucking socialist. Right. Let's talk about this here. Right. Versus crazy town that yeah. we're in. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm I, saying I, America I, can't fix this, but we can at least, I, we, we, we have to try. You, you have to watch it. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it, but you have to do things like stop clicking on the clickbait to do the stupid quiz. Take the Alexa or Sonos or whatever little invisible creature you're talking to in your house. Take I mean, if you care, yes. take, take it out. Like there's certain things individually and even that we if you can do in a small scale. Unplug for a few weeks. Right. Like, well, even if you don't, even if you don't do that, or you're incapable of not having your phone, recognize what it is that's coming at you. Recognize. Yeah, and why? Why and, do I keep you know, doing these things? laugh about it instead of taking it seriously. Yeah. Like, be well, Maya I, in this situation. Carrie's daughter would be, yeah. is, like, skeptical about everything. Like, like look at it for what it is versus what and what it's trying to make you do. Even s- simple things. I clicked on a um, bathing suit ad on Facebook yep. the other day. My Facebook feed is littered. With bathing, with bathing suits yeah. right now. Like, no. so I know. Oh, that's because I clicked on shop now. Yes. That's why I'm getting this. So just being aware of, okay, now I've invited this into my feed. It's, 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 that's a, a perfect way to say it. You, when you invite it in, you have to be ready for all the negativity that it's going to come in yeah. with that. You've invited the devil in. Yeah. You're ready to fight the devil. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, watch it. It's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, but... Don't be manipulated, people out there. Don't let your kids be manipulated. Recognize what it is. Be stronger about it. Have fucking strength about your convictions about what you like and what you don't like. And then instill some general damn morals in yourself. And then, too, like, I, I notice there'll be, like, younger kids in the car, like, um, talking about Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, oh, I just think we should just reelect him again. Let's just do the same thing. And my thought to them is... I want to kill them. Yeah. But my thought is, tell me why. What yeah. is it about him that you're really excited about, that you think is going really good? And listen, it could be from both sides, yeah. too. There isn't a lot of um, detail behind that other than propaganda and rhetoric that's been forced into that person's head. And I know it's from both sides. I'm not saying it's just, you know... The Trump side or whatever, but but yeah, like when you really get to the bottom of it, if you can go at it without anger and just say, "Tell me what it is you're liking about this person," it's very interesting what the response is. And I don't, I don't mean to constantly revert back to my need to remember the 1930s and 40s and how we got ourselves into the situation in World War II, but it is very similar in the sense that. It's a slow boil of negative feelings about certain things that seep into your subconscious that make you think, like these kids have just heard certain things 
and they're spewing it back yeah, to it's you. it's very fear-based. Versus thinking about it, if it was sitting right in front of you. Yeah. If you were the child, if you were sitting in the room with somebody telling an immigrant that you're going to, I'm going to take your child away from you. Right. I, I'm just using that example. Could you do it? Yeah, right. In the 30s, late 30s, there were a lot of people that ripped people away from each other and yeah. sent them to the gas. And they were yeah. they were okay with doing that. So that the problem is is there are lots of people out there that are that are going to do it. And then there's a handful of people that are like, no, no, that's just wrong. Right. It's wrong to do that. We have to come up with a different solution, solution than separating children from their parents and putting them in a cage. We have to do something else. I'm not saying they should stay here, but we can't do that. Like Did you see the picture of the kids on the seesaw at the wall? No. Oh my god! No, honestly, for the last week I've had no internet or TV, so I haven't. It was seen so sweet. I don't listen. And again, it's probably propaganda being fed to me because I'm clickbaiting on the, you know, softer side. I guess it's not softer side. It's the more liberal, liberal side, side of it. I'm clicking that somebody had stuck like pink metal mm-hmm. seesaws through the grates at really? the wall, and there was kids on each side riding the seesaws together. Mm. It was really sweet. I don't know if it's true. Again, right? I'm always taken in by... I am one of the pliables. But hopefully no. I'm pliable towards the more liberal side. But, but yeah, it was just you're such not a picture of... Look at They're just kids. And, you know, each are just doing their thing on the seesaw. And I, it was very and sweet. And the thing is... I think we just got to find where the truth actually lives. Is it the New York Times or newspapers? And we got to do our best to see as many sides of the story and be as educated as we can and hope that real journalists have integrity and are doing the right thing to you. Well, but then you have the pliables listening to their president say that the New York Times is fake news and a family newspaper and, you know, all that happening. So that's a whole other subject, but... Well, the, new, the newspapers are not fake news. Of course not. So, all right. Well, we're going to leave it there because I got a headache now. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And we will be back with some sort of Coffee Cruise Crush. Not sure. Okay, we're back. And after some serious deliberation back on um, thinking about what we talked about in this podcast between communal living, uh, chivalry, and the great hack, Carrie and I went back to the beginning to communal living and decided to do a coffee cruise crush on what communal living role would you rather do or what would you coffee cruise crush with it? So would you, the, the choices are the caretaker, um, the cook, chef, et cetera, or the general cleaner. Are those three roles that we should do? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Sorry. I mean, I think more along the lines of caretaker organizer type thing that's the way i'm going to look at it. yeah organizer like are you in charge of yeah gathering children and people making a plan cruise director yeah exactly are you the cruise director yeah so i got right off the bat i am crushing the cook crushing it okay oh my god the best part of communal living for me would be not having to prepare a meal a meal yeah worst part of my day is the text what What is for dinner tonight it sometimes can literally make me cry. I, I hate it so much. I read this book once, and I, uh, Jen Hatmaker is the author, and she wrote this book, and she said, you know, I had these. I started to have kids, and then I realized I have to feed, feed them. them every day. Every day. It never ends. Three times a day. Every day. It's exhausting. <laughs> because when you, when you grow up and you live on your, on your own for a while, it's like, 
Cheese and crackers can be dinner. Yeah. Or no or, dinner. Or or I'm so excited to be an old person with just my husband and oh. we no longer cook anymore. We go out. That's yes. what we do. And we're slowly headed in that oh, direction. Oh, my God. I would take cooking dead. You're dead to me. Okay. Cooking, off the table. I'm taking um, organizer, caretaker on the cruise. Yeah, you are the best. I love, like, um, You're the as far as communal living goes when we would do chair competitions i was always the one making the dinner reservations would make it for 17 i don't know if i have 17 people coming to dinner but how many people are you going to allow me to have at that table (laughs) highest number yep i'll fill it and then as we're going i got three more seats available if anybody wants dinner at angelo's it never it never stresses her out ever nope and i always like to have a plan like for the day of this is what we're going to do i i enjoy the carpooling around yep. and driving kids places and all that aspect of it. That's the part I would like. And um, the cleaning, I'm not great at it, but I do like it. And I do feel a sense of accomplishment doing it. Yeah. And I enjoy laundry. Like I enjoy putting the laundry in, folding it, getting it put away. Somewhere there's a weird sense of accomplishment in my day. Isn't that pathetic? No, it is. It's that 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 that's a job completed. Although the thing with the laundry is, it's also like cooking. It's just never ending. Never ending. There's always something in the hamper. So those are my choices. That's pretty good. All right, I um, I am taking cooking on the cruise, mm-hmm. even though I don't like. Coming- and if I communal live with you. I'm thrilled that you're taking cooking on. She's a great cook. She's a great host. There's always little bitty snacks out. Well, it's funny as we, you know, I didn't think that that's what I always thought that I wasn't good. Not that I wasn't a good cook or anything. I just thought that I wasn't good at it. And it didn't occur to me. Honestly, I've had kids. I've been, I've hosted Thanksgiving for 14 goddamn years. But until this communal living event, I didn't realize that. That's the role you'd be taking? Yes. Yeah. And and that not only did I take it, I was fucking good at it. Yeah. And, and the, willing to take it on. Right. In the sense of like, listen, you guys are all, you are doing shit. And, and when everybody comes home, we're going to need to eat. And you can't, in this place where we're at, bumfuck New York, there was no restaurant that was going to take us all. Well, can so I just what, say, what am I, I, gonna do? I don't know why you were surprised that that is the role that you would take because... My husband and I had a conversation when we left your house one day. It was like an unexpected gathering, and there ended up being, you know, with my family and your family, and my girlfriend's family came in, and then Henry had his friends over, and somebody said, we're hungry, and Tina was like, okay, I'll I'll throw some shit on the grill. Okay. We died laughing in the car on the way home, like, how did she just have that much food lying around? Like... You would open our refrigerator and there might be a hamburger or two we could throw in. But, like, literally, yeah, you know, I don't... chicken, sausage, <laughs> hot dog. Just, okay, we'll throw something on. Like, who has that much food lying around? I tell you. crazy people. Yeah. Who thought that they were in the Great Depression. No, you'd starve in my house. You know what it is? I need my kids to eat. So yeah. let's just start there. Like, yeah. I know my kids are going to be hungry. I want them fed and I don't want to hear about it. And so... In this environment that we were at, I thought to myself, you know what? I have the time at the moment, and I'm going to just think ahead a little bit, get the food. It wasn't hard to do. Mm -hmm. So that's the point. I guess it wasn't difficult for me to do, and everybody was like, oh, my God, thank you, thank you. I'm like, the cleaning piece of it, I after I'm done doing everything, the last thing I want to do 
is clean up the kitchen or make a bed. I feel accomplished with it, but I hate fucking cleaning. I hate it. It so surprises me because I think you have a cleaning problem. I do have a cleaning problem, which is why I hate it so much. It, it's like, it's a neurosis that yeah. I want to get rid of. Okay. Like, why can't I walk by something and not... Let it be. Why? There's a, that's know. a problem. So that's why it's it's like a love-hate. I hate it. Okay. Cleaning or cooking is different. Cooking, the satisfaction of sitting around a gathering and have people just like eating and talking, that makes me so yeah. happy. Or finding something like giant thing of margarita or, or sangria or whatever it is, big bowl of dip. I don't care. Okay, well, let me ask you this. If you were, you were in charge of the cooking, or so you took that role on yes. yourself, did somebody take on the role of cleaning up dinner? Yes. Oh, lovely. Okay. Yes. I definitely went in and helped a little bit, but I wasn't the leader of the okay. cleaning piece of nice. it. Nice. And I turned around and someone said, oh, your laundry's folded and done. And oh, lovely. I was like, first of all, I was mad at Emmy for didn't not getting her own laundry. Okay. But some, one of the moms had already like taken the laundry yep. out and folded it and had their little piles. Yep. And I was like... That's, That's lovely. Fantastic. Yeah. And then from the organization standpoint, I, I would take that to coffee. I'm always willing to jump in and make plans as well. And I love the carpool. I'm always up for that. But I would rather sometimes let, depending on the person, if it mm-hmm. was you, I'd let them take charge. Mm-hmm. But if I don't feel like the person is competent enough, <laughs> I would have to. You don't want to end up at Denny's? That's right. what you're saying. <laughs> I would have to jump in myself. That's my Coffee Cruise crush. I think it was a good one. Nice. And, you know, please, people, follow us on momsafeamerica.com and email us. So thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Carrie and I are out. Bye.